What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underwater Fly Zone Podcast. This is episode eight of season three, and today we got Natalie Vosbet. Yeah, that was right. Let's go. Nat, we're going to call her Nat, though. This is my homie from Smoke, the old restaurant I worked at last summer, and they barely gave me any hours, so I, <laughs> I got out of there. But we were working together one night, and weren't we like food runners? Yeah, yeah. we were food runners, and we were just talking. And next But you did serve for a while. I did, and then they like... <laughs> I think I, I think I was bad. I literally think I was bad because <laughs> they moved me to Food Runner and Food Runner made minimum wage and I worked like one night a week. So yeah, I was broke last summer. I can't remember if they tipped out after you left. Okay, it's not important. It, but they probably tipped out you because yeah, I kind of sucked. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't the best worker there. But anyways, one night we were talking and I told her that I had a podcast. Back then it was just season one though, so it was like whatever. But you said you had a podcast as well, and I yeah. was like, mine's about mental health, and you were like, same. And I was like, what the heck? And then time went on. I'm looking for, by the way, looking for a female guest for the season. Because I feel like with mental health, we've had all like male guests besides Morgan Houston. Shout out Morgan Houston. But we haven't just had one solo female guest on here. And I, I want to just make sure that this podcast is inclusive for everybody. So I'm excited to get more of a female view on mental health. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we were just talking. And I saw, she put me on this private story about like, spiritual awakening some something like that yeah okay so i have i had this spiritual awakening like almost two years ago now i was i was in a really terrible place in my life like i have a lot of trauma from my childhood with my mom drinking she was an alcoholic and yeah. she's been sober for like almost two years now she's like doing great shout but out to the mom it That's was awesome. yeah for real but it was like her she, it was just like rock bottom for everyone involved and i was just like at a place I've never been before, questioning why I was here, like, genuinely questioning why life was a thing and why we were here and just, like, everything. I was so upset with just the world and just everything. And so I feel like the only way I can explain it is that I was just, like, asking what this is all for and the universe just honestly answered me. Like, they, she was just yeah. like, okay, like, I'm gonna show you then. And it was just completely out of my control. I grew up Catholic, and so the thought of spirituality or branching out of that box that my religion had put me in was so crazy to me like I yeah. never even fathomed doing that and so when all this shit started happening and I just wasn't like I knew that there this was not me doing this and, yeah. and me thinking of these things on my own it was just kind of really apparent to me that like mm. there was something bigger than me happening and it, it was honestly such an intuitive thing like it, you know obviously at a certain point I started researching and just like trying to figure out what was really going on and like learning yeah. everything that I could but for a while it was just me intuitively figuring things out and just knowing that I was having a spiritual awakening and just knowing that like things were changing like so much was so changing. what was going on in your in your like what were you experiencing like what were the um, thoughts what were the feelings the veil was just being lifted like my entire system of beliefs and the way that I viewed the world was just completely broken down. Okay. And I was just like, just like, it's so cliche when I talk about it, but there's no other way to explain that. I was just like taken on this journey that I've just, <laughs> even I was thinking today about what I was going to say when I talk about it. And I don't even know how to explain what was happening to me on a daily basis because unless it was something extremely profound that impacted me for good yeah. or something that I wrote down or recorded or talked about in a podcast it was so like otherworldly to me that I just didn't for a long time I didn't even know what was happening and so looking back it's like I can't exactly explain 
very accurately what I was experiencing, but I was just thinking of things in a whole new way. Like all these Bible stories I knew because of being Catholic, all of a sudden it was literally just put into my head out of nowhere. Like one time I just randomly started thinking about the story of Adam and Eve and how I truly think that it was a metaphorical story for how ego was bound to consciousness. Yeah. And uh, well, a lot of the Bible, this is what people often don't realize, is a metaphor. Yes, a lot of it is yes. literally like it's not saying like this literally happened. It's saying it's, it's saying this is what this is how you're here. This is what happened. This is what life is. This is who you are. Like you are ego and consciousness. It we weren't actually just one woman and one man put on this earth and then we ate an apple that the 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 devil snake gave us. Like yeah, that's literally. not that's what I realized with spirituality is that like so much of what I believed in before doesn't even make sense unless Literally. you look in between the lines that's and like why look the at the Bi- big picture. The Bible is a living and breathing book. Like it will, the the stories in it will live on forever because you could apply the stories to your own life. Right. If you just realize like, oh, he, that that's not actually what they're saying happened. What they're saying is it's essentially a metaphor for like you were just saying. Because yeah. a lot of it is about not having an ego, taking yourself out of the situation, you know? Right. Hum- humility is probably the top thing the Bible right. offers. Right, and, like, I personally think that, like, <clears throat> sin, I think that sin just is your ego. Your ego is your thoughts, your feelings, and your ego is not all bad. I feel like there's such a common misconception out there, and, like, <clears throat> spirituality, it's hard for me to talk about as much nowadays yeah. because when I first started, the whole reason I got into this was to tell you that I used to have, like, a private story with, there was like 450 500 people on it and they would yeah, i would just i would just like post a <laughs> bunch of the shit <laughs> yeah i would just post on there every single day like every little thought that would come into my brain and people just started being like yo you actually changed my entire life like you saved my yeah. life like you changed my whole perspective so i was like oh okay like and then i just started devoting so much time to that story and like trying to wake people up and like sharing what i was experiencing yeah, starting a podcast. Isn't that, isn't that kind of weird? Because it's like, the, I started this for the same reason, and everyone, anyone who's listening that's listened for a while knows, like right. I've talked about before, like, I literally just used to post my thoughts, and it, it for me it was, what do I need to hear today? Because mm-hmm. And I would just, oh, I told yeah. myself this, all right, I'm going to post it, because I bet out of, like, whoever I have on Snap, someone right. else needs to hear it, and then the next you know, out of nowhere, people are saying... You changed my life. I'm like, really? Right. No, <laughs> like, yeah. Really? But, and okay, I feel cool. like I feel like that is how it that really is how it happens. Like it's just it's stuff that you know that you're needing to hear. And like for me it was stuff that I knew was helping me and like giving me a purpose yep. and like a reason to still be here because like I said, I was in literally one of the darkest places I've ever been in. Aside from going to the hospital and that whole ordeal, like it was a really, really dark time. And so I feel like realizing how much it helped me to grow and be okay and like wake up in the morning and actually be excited for something to be excited to like keep learning and to like be excited to dive into a side of life that made me happy I was just like okay I need to share this with people and so I like had that private story and I just felt this urge to like share everything and like help anyone I could and like I got so much hate for it in the beginning because like I was gonna say Back when I first started posting this, it wasn't really big on on TikTok. Like, this was yeah. before it ever started blowing up on TikTok and becoming, like, a trend. And so, in at least in Lee Summit... Wait, well, you would say, what what was blowing up on TikTok? Like, like just, spirituality. Like, now okay, it's, like, okay. a huge thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. every girl in Lee Summit wears crystals. Like, that's why I don't even <laughs> wear crystals hardly anymore, except for, like, bracelets. Yeah. But 
because everyone has one on and it's like so cliche it's like a, it's just a vibe now right know? right okay. it's like i don't know i, I don't i, I don't under it. i don't uh i've never learned about the crystal thing but i do know what you're talking about it is kind of it's like, just it's uh, just like so common now and yeah, it's just like there's just like this whole like population of people who are like spiritual and it's like ultimately i would want anyone and everyone to become spiritual like authentically spiritual and yeah. just like find peace and like, like actually know what, what, what like it's just like about. not even to have the aesthetic not like because they think crystals are pretty like if you think crystals are pretty wear them i don't give a fuck but like <laughs> yeah. at the same time it's not it's not just an aesthetic like trend type of thing like oh my god this is so cool like i think this is really interesting like i'm just gonna start talking about this all the time and like whatever because it's like if you truly want to be authentically spiritual like it needs to be for you you know what i'm saying like that's like an internal like completely by yourself journey it doesn't mean you can't help people and people can't help you and you can't like teach each other exactly but that's like for you and so i don't know i just i hate talking about spirituality i don't it's not the same as it used to be because before i was almost like for the longest time getting hate for it people were so confused by it they were so shocked by it they were like you're fucking crazy like why Mm -hmm. are you saying this shit like you're weird i can relate to this because it's like wearing a cross it's like i wear it for like a reason but a lot of people just wear it because it looks cool or whatever and then uh same thing there too like you uh if you talk about god you talk about this stuff even talking about how we talk about not with a religion but with like a relationship and like talking about how a lot of Bible for is a, met- a metaphor, you'll get hate from Christians about that. Yeah. And then just talking about God in general, you'll get hate from other people about yeah. that. It's hard to like, yeah. j- but you, it's important to just embrace who you are because right. if that's what you believe, like that's you, like embrace right. that. Don't that's hide exactly from what that. I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I have, in the beginning I had people literally like, there was this one dude who like went off on me and he was like telling me how I'm like insane and I like need to get like psychiatric help (laughs) and I was like I don't know why you're so mad right now but I had so many people tell me like yeah I honestly thought you were kind of like losing your shit for a second there but they were like I I finally like dropped my own personal judgment and stopped being so afraid of like trying to fathom things I can't understand Mm -hmm. and he was like once they were like once I finally started actually listening it made sense to me they were like oh shit you might actually be right here and so so many people started listening and I just felt like in that moment in my life I just really needed to be sharing everything I was learning I really needed to be just putting it out there and I did wake a lot of people up I still have people to this day who text me and need my help with something or need my advice or like just tell me like I hope you're doing good. Like, you really, really changed my perspective on everything. And so, like, to me, it was, like, worth it. And I was doing what I should have been doing at that time in my life. Like, I helped people. people, I helped myself. Exactly. It being there and being, like, feeling like I was held responsible for for giving these people what they were looking forward to Mm -hmm. every day. And, like, being able to, like, give them knowledge was me also holding myself accountable for doing the work I can I can relate to that completely because I I was at a point where I was like I want to delete snap I want to get off all social media but I'm like I can't because people are are literally like wanting to hear what I say and then it's like okay well if I just give up on all of them like I'm also giving up on me because I'm not going to keep doing this shit for myself and anybody watching that could be you too like literally all it was for me was I'm having a rough day. Here's what I need to be told. And I post it on my story. 
I'm sure everyone can relate. You could easily do that. I'd take a picture of like the road or something and just like, yeah. <laughs> just a quote, you know, but yeah. it's, it's really that easy. So if you want to, if you desire something like this, you know, it's that, it's literally that simple. No, literally, I didn't expect anyone to listen to me, yeah, but it, I just felt like this urge, like I just felt, and here, like I said, I don't like talking about spirituality because it's just so, like, cliche, and I'll have people still tell me, like, oh, do you still, like, play with rocks? Yeah. And I'm like, literally, fuck you. See, but- I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I would love to learn more about it, but, I, you know, I haven't And, uh, like, it's not even, it's not it. even the crystals. Like, I don't have crystals, like, spilling out of my pockets, but it's just, like, yeah. that's what everyone associates me with whenever I'm, like, yeah, I, I'm, like, a spiritual person. They're, like, oh, wow, like, you carry rocks in your pocket, and I'm, like, <laughs> like no, bruh, but... What? But yeah, so anyway, like, I don't know, I, I believe in like a lot of different things. And, you know, it's fine if people don't agree with me. Like, I know that some of the things I can say and talk about sound really, like, really weird. Really, and people uh, are like, yeah. I don't really know if I like, want to even consider that. For sure, yeah. And that's fine. But it's just because I was completely stripped of all of my judgment and all of mm-hmm. my like, just... I was just stripped of all of my previous beliefs and my previous perspectives and I was stripped of my ability to judge what was happening and I was just realizing that if these things that I was 100% in fact witnessing were possible, like there's so many other things that are possible and we actually don't know anything. And so I just started posting shit because I was like, okay, people can not listen to me but I just felt like I was being called to share what I was going through and experiencing so I did and then and I went into the, yeah and it did and then I went to the hospital and yeah so what, I, what what put you in the hospital essentially if you don't mind sharing so basically I had an eating disorder for okay. a period of time um and I've had a therapist since I was four so I think that's another thing that really helped me like growing up um, I've been in therapy my whole life and yeah. my psychologist is my favorite person on the planet. I literally love her so much. She's like basically my family at this point and nice. she's really, really, really intelligent. Like she's so bright. So, so she's helped me through a lot. Were, so what, how did you start having her when you were four though? Like did, did your family like recommend it or were you like, um, as so a four year old, you're like, something, I need help. something really traumatic happened to me when I was like little with a family member. Okay. Um, so, and, so that led you to, go. yeah. And so my parents put me in therapy and my dad's, my dad's best friend who passed away, his name is Gary. Um, he was, um, a pretty like well-known lawyer. So he had a lot of connections yeah. and Lorenda, who is my therapist, she, um, is like, she has like adult patients. She like does everything, but she used to specialize in like child psychology okay. and went to like court for children and everything. So her practice was actually closed, I'm pretty sure, when she took me in, but I think she did it as, like, a favor for Gary, and I've just yeah. been her, her like, That's so cool. So since. you've just been growing up with her then. Yeah, she actually, okay, it's the, it's the cutest thing ever. I don't even talk about this very much because I feel like it comes off cocky, but I'm, like, yeah. her actual favorite patient. There you go. Like, she, no, she's, I swear to God, she, like, tells me this all the time. <laughs> like, she tells me she loves me. Like, that's my, like, that's my, like, second mom. Yeah, but, well, yeah, fast so, forward, you go into the hospital. Yeah, so I go into the hospital, um, cause I had like an eating disorder, but it wasn't just that. Um, I don't want to get into like too much information on the yeah, podcast. That's fine. That's fine. Um, that's fine. But like, I just had a lot of health issues going on with like, um, my like menstrual cycles yeah. and stuff. Um, they were like making me throw up for days on end oh, every gosh. month. Like I'm not even talking just like throwing up multiple times a day. If I wasn't asleep, I was throwing up and it was to the point what? where I couldn't even keep water down and it would, it happened for like five months in a row and I would go to the hospital and they would do a bunch of tests and then tell me they couldn't figure it out that they could only rule 
rule things out and so I was just like okay and every time I would go back and they wouldn't know what it was yeah. and finally it That's was like the, the last that straw is... yeah I had like lost just because when you're throwing up like that and you can't eat or drink anything for days it's like you lose a lot of weight and then I started putting it back on and then I would throw up and lose all that weight again Dude. and I was just it was just a terrible cycle so I, yeah, I, lost, I couldn't like, imagine that my normal weight's 125 and I had gotten down to 92 and so they Jeez. like finally admitted me into the hospital and they ended up finding out I had SMA syndrome um well I have a disorder with my hormones so I have like um spikes of estrogen which okay. makes me really sick yeah. during my um menstrual cycle and then I also have like SMA syndrome because of the constant throwing up every month oh my so God. basically my stomach had gotten like flat like a balloon oh, and they man. had to like put a feeding tube in and like inflate my intestine and then like get my stomach to inflate how's it like healed now like, yeah no okay, i'm, chill I'm chilling now i'm up to, i'm up to like 122 pounds okay i'm like chilling go. yeah i was gonna i could no eating disorder I anymore like i'm cool but dude i i, I can't stand well the up, worst so. part even more than that yeah it was painful it was terrible they didn't know if i was gonna live like it was bad my heart rate was down to like the like 45 50s what yeah That's insane. yeah it was really terrible because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and so finally they like i was on a feeding tube for a long time but the worst part was the way they treated me in there i was like completely honest with them because i just wanted to get better right yeah literally and i had an eating disorder like i'll fully admit that i was getting help from my therapist for it i had known that for like seven months prior yeah so I told them all the information. I told them I wasn't bulimic. I never made myself throw up. Like, yeah. I had an eating disorder, but there was, like, things I never did. It was not an intense eating disorder. From my eating disorder, I'd lost, like, five pounds. Like, I was getting help. Like, I was actually chilling. Yeah. But they, the second they heard eating disorder, they put me on the eating disorder unit, took my clothes, told me wearing my clothes was a privilege, took my phone, told me having my phone um, was, like, a danger to my health, so I couldn't talk to anyone. I was cut out from the outside world completely. What? They made a nurse, like, a cna sit in my room 24 7 with me like day in day out they watched me sleep they watched <laughs> me go to the bathroom they watched me shower like naked dude like, what the cna could even be a man and he would watch me shower naked dude that, yeah, yeah that's, either that, that or my dad or mom had to like sit in there and help me that's shower not, yeah that's not and, very that's not helping you too much no, and say. like i could literally they took away my tv really yeah they told me i wasn't allowed to watch tv because it was a privilege and i was making them mad a pri what do they mean a privilege like, um I don't know. They didn't like me because I knew their shit better than they did. They treated me terribly in there. They That's Once they finally, like, they they did a good job diagnosing me with SMA and then, like, getting me the treatment. But yeah. the second they took me, like, off of, like, like, formula food and put me on a real, like, feeding plan, mm -hmm. they put me on the biggest meal plan that they had. So they put me on G plan, which is <laughs> six meals a day. Dude, well, I, I don't went, even think I could eat six meals yeah, a day Yeah, right neither now. could my dad. What? Like, my dad was like, I could not eat the shit that they try to make you eat all day. Yeah. Um, and it was and just I, I ridiculous. Like it wasn't very good food either. No. Oh, no. Man. I wasn't allowed to pick my food because of my eating disorder, so I couldn't even pick what I wanted. Like, that's, that's insane. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And like probably it was It was borderline it abusive. No, yeah. they were. I had 30 minutes to eat a meal. If I could, and, like, they would watch me eat it. If I couldn't eat it in 30 minutes, then it would get put in a shake. And if I couldn't drink that in 15 minutes, then I would be put back in square one and start over, and I would have my feeding tube back in. That's insane. It was, like, a punishment type thing. Like, it was really hey, bad. I'm not even going to hate. I don't know anything about how to work in a hospital, but that does not sound very beneficial No, it was me, not. But. Okay, like, at the end of the day, they, like, I don't know, 
refeeding syndrome happens whenever you don't have like any food or like any nutrients in your body for a long time. Yeah. And then they put you have like too much food put into your body really fast. Yeah. Um, and you like go into cardiac arrest and blah blah blah. And they like Jeez. nearly put me in refeeding syndrome because like my heart rate was going like a million miles a minute and I like had to take a nap. I like was like not seeing straight. I felt terrible. I felt like my stomach was actually going to explode. And then I woke up and, like, threw up everywhere. And that was the day that they told me. So I had – the first day they put me on that plan, I, like, kept everything down. I don't know how I kept all of that down, but I really wanted to go home. And they told yeah. me I could go home the next day if I did. And then I wake up, and they're like, you actually have to make it through three meals before you can go home. Really? So I made it through three meals. And then I'm laying there, and I, like, felt like I was going to throw up. I was oh, like, no. dude, like – this is terrible like I'm literally like my stomach's gonna explode and my heart yeah. was racing so I took a nap woke up threw up everywhere and I hadn't thrown up in like a week yeah and which was rare at the then, time and then they like. as I'm throwing up they come in and bring me more food and they did that for like three days they would keep me on the meal plan and every time they would shove this food down my throat I would fucking throw up because <laughs> it was so much food I couldn't even keep it down and then they would tell me every time that I was making myself throw up and I'm like Jeez. everyone in this room is watching me I'm not making myself throw up like yeah, I want literally. to leave why would I be doing that yeah so so crazy. like they just like would keep bringing me food I would be like throwing up and they would bring me a plate of food and be like, you have to eat this. Dang. And my dad would be like, she's throwing up right now. And they'd be like, we don't care. 30 minutes starts now. What? So okay, finally, yeah, like, nuts. on, like, the fourth day, I woke up and I looked at my dad and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I would be sitting there crying, throwing up, telling him, like, please, like, get them to stop. Like, begging yeah. him. And I was How like, I'm not. How old were you at the time? Um, this was a year ago. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. well, oh, my gosh. I don't know when you... I can't remember when you started working at Smoke, but there was, like, a period of time where I was gone from Smoke for, like, three weeks yeah, because I, remember I was that. in the hospital. I remember that. Because um, you came out of nowhere, and I was like, who's this? <laughs> was, yeah, because you started like a, working there when I was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And I had gotten my job, like, two weeks before the hospital. Literally, I was like, hey, what's up? But, and, yeah, and I was so like, who's new? And you're like, no, I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have so, been there, but just not for a minute. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I was in the hospital for two weeks, and... They just, like, had me on that meal plan for, like, four days or something like that. And I finally told my dad, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, they're literally torturing me. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. I was like, I went from not throwing up for a week to throwing up every day. Like, I'm done. I'm eating till I'm full, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So the doctor comes in, and this is illegal, by the way, but he asked my dad to leave the room for privacy questions. And privacy questions can, like, the, your parent can only leave the room if they're asking about, like, sexual abuse or, like, domestic abuse at home. Really? Yes. And he makes my dad leave the room and then sits down. He's like, so it looks like you're not, it seems like you're not eating, like, to punish me. And I was like, I literally looked him in the face and I said, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> I was like, I really don't care. Like, I don't care Bro. enough to try and punish you. Like, you guys are making me eat so much food I can't even keep it all down. Yeah. Like, without throwing up. Like, I'm done with this shit. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And so we got him taken off my case and finally my parents like they kept me on the meal plan for like another day it was like this big fight we were just constantly fighting with them bro yeah they wouldn't let me leave the hospital i couldn't leave my my hospital room so i just like laid in bed like it was terrible i couldn't watch tv and um so finally my parents called like a like a, a meeting with the head of the hospital unit mm -hmm. and they were like if you don't do something we're taking our daughter and leaving and going to st louis yeah. and so they put me on a normal meal plan they gave me my phone. They gave me my um, TV privileges back, and I got better in three days and left. So literally, and they, they came just in did that and they came along. in and they couldn't even give me an apology. One of my doctors was like, um, he said like word for word, he was like, 
you, we were supposed to be teaching you, but you actually taught us. Really? Yeah. That's the only thing that, that like, the head doctor said to me. And then one of my other doctors was like, you are really wise. Like, I expect to see you on the news one day. But that's, <laughs> that's the only two things they said to me. That's it. And then we, after I left, like, we owed them $100,000 for the hospital stay. And they <laughs> fucked up. Insane. They fucked up so badly that they had to take off $98,000. Well, so all we owe them is 2000 Okay, well, was it worth it or not? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, no. (laughs) No, but actually, but here's the thing. Like, that's what I was going to talk about. Like, the hospital was an ego death for me. Like, going into the hospital, I was at, like, my peak of spirituality. Like, I was really, really, like, honestly, there are some days where I just feel like I would do anything to go back to that place that I was at in my life before. Like, I know that that's not realistic. Yeah. And I feel like most of the time I can be really good about acknowledging that that's not logical because I'm better off now than I was before. Like Mm -hmm. now I don't try to like, I don't, it's, it's, it's confusing because I realized that before, even though I've always been in therapy and I've always been pretty good at like acknowledging the ways that I'm self-sabotaging and the ways that my trauma is affecting me and this and that, whatever, like I'm almost painfully self-aware of all my flaws. But at the same time, I feel like when I had my eating disorder, I was subconsciously running from so many things by, like, not eating and, Mm -hmm. like, not having a healthy relationship with food. And that gave me a sense of control because I had no control over anything else in my life. Okay. And um, so it's like, I know that back then I was worse off. Like, I'm better off now because I deal with my shit in a healthy way. Like, sometimes things get real rough. I, like up until like a week ago i was in a really dark place too that's yeah. why i was like low-key trying to put off this yeah. like this episode because i was like yeah, i just put don't this off know for a while for sure. i did i okay some of the times <laughs> i genuinely like had things come up but then sometimes i was like i just can't go on there right now i have nothing yeah. good to say and to that people. and that's okay but I'm, yeah i'm glad we got it when we got <laughs> yeah. it yeah like this is a good time to do yeah, it yeah but. but i don't know the hospital just like it, it was just like an ego death to me because i was in a really good place spiritually yeah and um it just kind of made me it, I just had an ego death. Like, I did not know who I was after all of that. I thought I was going to die. I was terrified to die, but also kind of in a place where I was, like, so defeated, I just kind of gave up. You're and, like, like didn't whatever. really care. And yeah, that was like, also whatever, you know? really scary because mm-hmm. I've never been like that. Like, I've, I've struggled with mental illness <clears throat> throughout my life, mm-hmm. mental illness that I was just kind of, like, born with. You know, I feel like almost everyone has either anxiety or depression or both. It's, like, yeah. so... It's such a big thing. Yeah. But, like, Especially I also have, like, media and all that. 95% of the symptoms of borderline personality disorder from my mom. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I have, you know, issues. But, like, I've never, ever, thankfully, been in a place where I was, like, suicidal. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, truly suicidal. Yeah. Um, and so it was really terrifying to, like, almost be okay with the fact that I could die. Like, yeah. that was really scary for me to realize, like, wow, you actually gave up yeah. in that moment. Um. It was it was really it was just crazy like coming back from that whole experience what's feeling like come no out of one that? huh like what's helped you come out of that spot right there <sighs> just chugging on just keep pushing no well, what to let myself feel the way that I feel okay I like that you can't rush healing 
It's yeah. not a linear process. It doesn't happen step by step. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to act like there's some program you can follow and that if you like do this and this and this, you can heal. And there are things that help you heal. Yeah, but, but it's not a step by step process. It's exactly. not some like by the book thing that you can do. Like it's crazy and it's all over the place. And there's some really, really good days. And then there's sometimes where you're having like a really great month. And then this week comes along where you just feel like complete shit. Yeah. And you can't be mad at yourself for that. Like, I feel like I get in this place where I just want all my healing to happen right now. I yeah. acknowledge something that's going on. I acknowledge something that I'm doing to myself. I acknowledge some way that my trauma is like messing up my life. And then I'm like, okay, like I know what to do. Like I know what's happening and like, mm-hmm. let's just fix it right now. And so that's like not, not realistic. You're not running from it. And you're just like accepting like, Hey, I feel this way. And I'm going to let myself yeah. feel this way. Yeah. I'm not going to I had to realize coming out of the hospital. Like I said, it was a really huge ego death. And like, I just, I didn't know who I was. I felt like the only people who truly saw what happened to me in there was my parents. And even they couldn't possibly understand it because they'll yeah. even admit like they've never seen something like that and they've never experienced something like that and they don't even know what to say about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like <clears throat> to feel like that was the one time I'm like truly alone. Like no one knows what happened to me in there and I couldn't even try to explain it. Yeah. It's like that was just, it was just crazy. Like it was something, it was the, it was the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. And I've had some pretty difficult things with my mom yeah, um and so sure. it's just like it, it just really took me by surprise and I wasn't expecting that and so coming out of it I think it was just really hard for me like I think everyone thinks that ego deaths can only happen with psychedelics but that's so not true was, like I ended up realizing yeah. that I had an ego death with the hospital and that whole experience like I was just completely stripped of who I thought I was I didn't know who I was anymore I didn't know how to be I felt like they completely changed me in there and I came out a whole different person yeah it's so true I mean those experiences can can allow ego death because even like with my situation before my friend died like like I was a completely different person than who I am now like exactly it just those situations just change it changes from you thinking oh this is all about me now you're thinking oh it's about like like for me it's no longer about me it's about yeah. how like if I was doing this podcast and that never happened I'd probably be sitting here talking about something else trying to just make it all clout and money and all that yeah but I'm literally like I do this literally for other people yeah like, exactly this is, that's all I told you before we started this I'm like any money I make off the, off this whatever like right as long the impact is what matters to me and that's yeah. something that never would have happened pre you know situation but right uh, and you, I, you put empathy on here. I want to get into that before because okay. we're at like 30 minutes here. I want to get into So what'd you, what'd you put empathy on okay, there for? So I want to hear this. Actually, this is also like more about my therapist too. Um, so whenever I was really, really little, like probably six or seven, my therapist told me, she was like, you are an empath, but you probably don't know what that means. And yeah, you know won't know means. for a while. And I didn't know for a while. And then I had my spiritual awakening and like I started learning what empathy was and like what being an empath is. And like empathy, I think everyone knows what empathy is, but but empathy, I mean, it is a little different than being empathic. Um, Like, but not everyone does have empathy. Like empathy, I don't feel like I need to give like a textbook definition. Yeah, it's, yeah, everyone knows Everyone knows what empathy is. But um, being empathic is more like being completely tuned into the energy of another person um and the energy of things like the energy of not just people but music animals the collective energy energy of nature um like literally 
just being extremely sensitive to that like I can tell what mood a person is in the second I walk in the room I can tell like what's happening to you even before you say it like I remember one time this guy came into my friend's house and I didn't know him I didn't know he just broke up with his girlfriend but I could tell he was like in a lot of pain and I asked Andrew I was like did he just go through a breakup and he was like yeah his girlfriend just broke up with him like I just can tell things yeah yeah um and okay it's so I hate to be cliche like I don't know it makes me so hesitant to talk about spirituality because so many people roll their eyes now yeah but I truly, I swear to God, I'm psychic. Like, I swear to God. Psychic? All my friends can attest to it. Like, they've experienced it. Everyone thinks I'm, like, calling bullshit. Like, they all call bullshit on me. And then they're like, oh, wait. Like, you actually just knew what was about to happen. Yeah. But um, I just have, like, psychic knowing. Like, I just, it's not like I will, like, see visions or, like, hear voices or anything like that. But I just will, like, get this feeling. And it's usually right. Dude, in a way, I could almost... Because I I've told I tell my girlfriend this all the time. I'm like, I don't even have to talk to a person. I already know the type of person they are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I my don't best know, friend. Dude, it's weird. One of my best friends, <laughs> like, like probably my best friend ever. Like, I don't know. She's like, just one of my best friends in the whole world, Samantha. Um, when I first met her, the second time I ever met her, I like psychoanalyzed her. Like, I was just like, because we were just talking about how I've been in therapy my whole life and how like, honestly, being in therapy for so long. And, like, being in therapy at such a young age, like, my therapist helped to shape my mind. Like, my mind kind of just works like that. Yeah. Um, which comes with its good and bad things. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just kind of t- explaining to her like that. And she was just like, so what do you think about me? And I just, like, told her everything that I thought about her. And she was, like, crying. She, like, you literally, yes, like... she was crying. She was like, you told me things that I didn't even realize about myself until you said that's it. That's insane. Yeah, it was a crazy moment for me. There were yeah, times that I... I'm not that I, in depth, but that's crazy. There were times that I would go, like, um, out with my friends, and, like, one time we went to an abandoned building, and we were, like, walking up to the abandoned building, and where, I just where, got this the building really... At? Um, it was just in KC somewhere. West Bottoms? Um, close, but okay, it wasn't okay. West Bottoms. Okay, I was gonna say, I might have, <laughs> never mind. Never, but I just had this terrible feeling, and I was like, we need to leave. And they're yeah. like, no, 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 And I was like, yes, no, we're leaving. Okay. So we, like, turn oh, around and leave. We're, like, walking back to our car, and we're, like, across the street, and cops pull up. And I'm like, okay, we're running. Like, we're running. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, Dude, that's insane. Yeah, and that's then, like, another time I was, like, smoking a joint with my friend. Is that bad? Should I not say that You're on the good. podcast? You're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Should I not say that? No, I was smoking a joint with my friend Lexi, and we were, like, driving. And I was, like, speeding because I literally can't not speed. But um, yeah. we were driving, and I just, like, randomly handed her the joint. And there was, like, half of it left, and I was like, Lexi, throw this at the window. Like, put it out now. Throw it out. And she yeah. just throws it out. And, like a whole minute later we pass a cop bro and he was like radaring so i was like if so he had if, if he had, he problem, if he had cared that i was speeding and saw me smoking a joint you would have been you would have been in for yeah, a, no i would have not, not a fun no. night for and, sure yeah but that's crazy i don't know i just love i love hearing some of that stuff because i'm like that's really weird because i guess what is it called an imp- i've never heard that word imp- empath empath i feel like if we if you described it more i feel like i might that might and be there's me. like different that types of there's like different types of empaths too yeah, like lots of different types i'm a hey i'm pretty sure i'm a hey okay empath I don't even know which that is means, something but... that i just realized like recently kind of okay. like through meditation for me it's like something that another thing i tell my girlfriend all the time i'm like i just have this undescribable feeling but when someone says like something they care about like who like if someone calls on someone they're like who wants to do this and they're like me them saying me i'm like I just 
they want to do it. I'm, I'm like, something in me, like, Aww. I don't understand that feel. I'm opening up here in episode eight, but I don't understand. <laughs> I can't put it into words what I feel in that moment, but I'm like, I'm just glad that they want to do it. You know what I'm no, saying? Because yeah. I know that there's people that literally are like, who wants to do this? And they're like, no. Like, no, yeah. That. That's that's stupid. But then, like, someone actually wanting to go out and, I don't know. No, I completely, it's, I, I can, don't know I how to describe it, bro. I what you're saying, though, like, if I'm, like, around people and they're just, like, so happy or they're yeah. just, like, so passionate Does, about something bro, or, like, like <laughs> I just feel so good for them. But okay. then there's also, like, so many moments where someone is, like, I feel so badly for people. Yes, yes. And there's, like, moments where, like, it's not even just me feeling bad for them, but, like, there's moments where if I'm, like, really close to a person especially, I will literally feel their pain and it's, like, bro, like, Dude. I'm not even trying to feel like this right literally, now. bro, at my job today, <laughs> literally this is so crazy, but the... There was this little girl at my job day. She's like, Mommy, can we uh, make these donuts for Memorial Day? Or these cookies? I don't even know what it was. And the mom was like, no, not today. And the daughter was like, okay. And, like, put it away. That's and so so, like, something inside of me, just, like, my heart just shattered. I'm like, I know. No, that dang. is sad. That shit makes me want to cry. But, like, it's, like, more than just, like, dang, that's sad. It's like, No, it's oh like, no, gosh. I feel that in my heart. And I'm just like, no, I'll make cookies with you. Literally, I was like, I'll buy. I was about to say, I'll buy them. But that's so cute. I yeah, man. That. I don't know. That's funny. Uh, that's funny because I guess just you explaining that, I was like, that might be me. Right, know. and I that think might be me. honestly, I think my empathy did like help me in a lot of ways to like overcome what I've been through because, like, okay, for example, I met like Lexi. I was talking about. Um, mm. I don't want to like spill all her business, so I mean, I don't know how many people would know her if I don't even say her last name yeah, but she yeah, she was struggling with an eating disorder like me yeah uh she moved to my school this year and she had an eating she developed one like at the beginning of the school year and we beca- were becoming friends and I like I'm like usually super open about what I went through like I'm not gonna trauma dump on you if you don't want to hear yeah. my personal experiences but yeah. when people ask like I'm usually not the type to be like no when someone's I don't like come talk on the podcast it. yeah I <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, she knew about all the things that I've been through, like, in, with the hospital and just my eating disorder and everything. Yeah. And so, like, her mom ended up taking her to the doctor, and they were like, yeah, you have an eating disorder, and we need to, like, take you to the hospital so you can get, like, on a treatment and whatever. And she was like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, I literally watched what they did to Natalie. I'm not going to Children's Mercy. Like, fuck that place. Yeah. I will figure it out on my own. Would, yeah, so she, like, no came way. up with this plan on her own and, like, has gained, like, 10 pounds and didn't have to go to the hospital and yep. didn't get put through the shit I went through. So it's, like... That is another thing that really helped me coming out of everything is that, like, everything truly does happen for a reason. And that's exactly. such a cheesy quote. But it's so true. But it's genuinely the truth. That's because something I've talked about this season, Because looking back, every <laughs> single thing that I thought was done to me, every single thing that I thought happened to me, I had to realize, like, it happened for me. There Literally, was a reason for every single thing re- I've been through. Any breakup that I had that broke my heart, any, like, split up with my friend that really hurt me, any yeah. time that my mom hurt me, any time that like something crazy like the hospital happened or anything terrible that looked looking back was a source of pain for me I had to realize like every time that it served a purpose and it always led to some like discovery about myself or to some like lesson I learned in life or revealed some opportunity for growth for me and like in this case there's so many different good things that are going to come out of this experience like I would never wish it on anyone else yeah exactly but I can't change that it happened Mm -hmm. and so there's no point in dwelling on it like at the end of the day it it helped someone I really care about it helped me because I now 
deal with my emotions in like a raw healthy way before Mm -hmm. I was running from them with sources of control that didn't actually supply me with anything of substance and And now like one situation wouldn't have happened in your life you wouldn't be who you are like not you'd maybe like 98% of who you are exactly you wouldn't wholly be who you are and I needed that ego death like I needed to realize that even though, yes, I was becoming so wise and so knowledgeable, like, I can look back and be like, okay, yeah, you deserve credit for what you were doing. Like, you were helping people, you were discovering things, like, you were, you were being so, like, wise and so, like, curious about life, and I loved that that was who I am, who I was at that time. But I also, like, I feel like I needed that ego death to realize that, like, I'll never be done. You're never done learning. I'm never done growing. And just because I'm in a really good place at this point in my life doesn't mean I'm going to stay there forever. I was so heartbroken. I was like, damn, like I would even talk to my dad and just cry to him and be like, damn, I was in such a good place with my spirituality. Like before the hospital, I was in such a good place. And like, that's gone forever. And it it, like the hospital fucking ruined me and like blah, blah, blah. And I just had to realize like, I can get back to that and I can get better than that. Like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to like, as I'm diving into my spiritual side a lot more, because for a long time I couldn't, I could barely even be spiritual. I meditated Mm -hmm. like once a month. I wasn't on that shit for a long time because I had so much shit that I had to do in here to like be okay that I couldn't devote energy to anything like that. I had to devote all my energy went to healing. And so... Like, I just felt like I would never get back to that. And I just had to realize, like, I'm going to get back into the spiritual side of life. Like, I'll get back to that version of myself, and I'll feel more comfortable in that version of myself every day. But I'm also going to go into that with more knowledge than I had before. And you're going to be so much stronger than you ever were. You're going to be, like, like, I said this example, like, in one of these episodes this season. It's like, when there's, like, a town and a tornado comes and rips through it, they're going to rebuild that town. And although, like, yeah, it sucked when it was destroyed... It's now brand new and better than it's ever exactly. been. Exactly. It's like, that's, exactly. How, that's how we are as people. Like, we're, we're, we're who we are right now. Some crazy stuff happens. Exactly. Like a hospital situation like that. Right. Just jacks you right. up and you're like, gosh, like, this is this is as bad as it gets. This is the rock bottom. But then you're like, oh, yeah. wait. If it's the rock bottom, you look around, you're like, I can't go any farther down. I can only go up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You start to go up and exactly. you get rebuilt. You, dude, literally, like, you say, uh, when you said you'll get back to who you used to be, like, genuinely like you will never get back like you'll be so far no yeah yeah no completely like I'll never be I'll never be who I was before like I can do the things that I used to do that brought me peace like I can get back I can I can tap into that side of myself again but I'll never be her again and that's like okay I think that's what helped me a lot too there's so many things that helped me yeah like get out of the depression that I was in from that and like honestly part of it was just having to ride out the ego death like I just Mm -hmm. had to ride it out I just had to wait for that shit to pass because it was it's bigger than you psychedelics this is a whole other topic but psychedelics (laughs) weed trauma all of these things like all of these things that completely shift your perspective they're bigger than you like you don't really ultimately have control in those situations and so like all you can do is just kind of surrender to it and just let it teach you what it has to teach you and it will pass eventually and I think for me I just had to realize that like to have my to have myself stripped of my ego and to have it actually be hard and to be like 
effort and hard work for me was really humbling. Like, when I was going through my spiritual awakening, I was really lucky to have it be so out of my control. So -hmm. many people nowadays, like, want to dive into the spiritual side of life because they think it's going to really help them. And they have such a hard time because they're so overwhelmed by it. And it's so, like, intimidating to them. And I understand that because that's how it is for me almost now. Like you have to put in this work that feels like really uncomfortable and like but that's where you're gonna grow and scary but yeah Yeah. exactly like for me before when my spirituality was just like taking me along and I was just experiencing that was really great and I was lucky because it really pushed me headfirst into everything and there was like no way that I could hold myself back I couldn't resist it you know like I could not make myself hesitate so it was like great because it just forced me to to be open-minded yeah but at the same time now having to actually kind of put work into it and realize that like if I want to be that comfortable and if I want to be that at peace again I'm gonna have to put in the hard work I feel like it was really humbling for me to realize like okay things aren't always gonna come easy yeah for sure and that doesn't mean it's not worth it and just because this is like intimidating to you and just because you know that it's not going to feel the same way it used to feel before doesn't mean it's not worth it. And it doesn't mean that it's not good for you. And it doesn't mean that you can't get back to that. It just isn't going to be the same way. And that's yeah, fine. Literally. And I have a question before, because it's at 45 minutes. What uh, do you do you believe that you can experience the ego death, ego death without psychedelics and without experiencing trauma? Do you believe it could truly happen? Um, I think it's a different level. Of an ego death. I think that the ego death that we talk about when you are talking in terms of psychedelics and trauma and things like that, I think that's the most intense form you could have, and it's completely different than you than you. Like, I have friends, like, you have hallucinations. You don't even know what's happening. Like, my friends saw terrible, terrible, terrible things happening that weren't really there. Um, But a form of an ego death, yes, because I did. Yeah, literally. Like, my ego was completely stripped from me, and I <clears throat> I was in a really, really, really weird in-between place for months. And, yeah. like, watching my friends go through their ego death, I went through the same exact thing. It just wasn't on the same, like, level of consciousness. Yeah. Theirs was more, like, in their head, hallucinogenic, like, very intense spiritually, and mine was more, like, on this physical plane. Yeah, because for me, like... Yeah, I had my experience with my trauma or whatever, but I have literally never, I don't know, did I ever tell you this? I've never drank, never smoked, ne- I've never, I'm, really? dude, I'm like, I've never even vaped before. That's crazy. Yeah, so like, if, I'm like, dang, did I have a true ego death? I don't know. But I think, I, I truly feel like I, I did experience it through my situation, but. I'm sure you probably did. I feel way. like when you have an ego death, you just kind of know. Yeah. Like, you just honestly know it. You just know that like. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not doing stuff for me. You know, yeah. my first thought isn't like, oh, what can I benefit from this? It's yes. like, that, that's just, I think that if that's your first thought, you probably haven't experienced it. Yeah, that's my, completely. That's my I don't even know what my first thought is. I guess it depends on the situation, but it's never what, how can, what am I going to gain from this? Right. You know? It's like, what, how can I help other people yeah. gain from this? Yeah, yeah. literally. But anyways, completely. getting long here. So I'm going to ask you the question that I was going to start out with, but we just kind of rolled into it. Yeah. But like, what's like the biggest thing, what's your biggest piece of advice that you would say to anybody who's still watching or listening about regarding mental health? Um, I think it would be like what I said earlier. I think 
the biggest thing that has helped me in every situation I've ever been in is just to like let my to give myself the space to feel how you feel give yourself the time and the space to feel however you feel and exist however you need to like if you have a day where you just need to like lay in bed and just be sad and cry like give yourself that time yeah I feel like so we're so quick to to brush everything under the rug and be like you need to get over this now like you need to just live your life and that suppresses everything and it you can't heal that way like you you shoving it all down does not make it go away it just makes it stay stuffed there longer yep so it's like you have to just let yourself experience whatever you're experiencing you can't rush yourself. You can't expect for healing to be, like, easy and simple in a step-by-step process. Like, you just have to let yourself experience it, and that shit will pass eventually. There we go. I, lo- I love that because, I mean, that's the that's one of my favorite messages. Literally, don't shove it away. Even yeah. don't, don't shove even 1% away because yeah. if you shove 1% away of every one of your problems, you're going to have a huge <laughs> you're gonna problem have like- of, like, 75 percent literally of a bunch of one percent it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, at that point you're fighting like a you monster. could have just literally <laughs> dealt with the one percent literally you gotta do it every with time all of you gotta accept all of because it. that shit's never gonna stop coming yep yep like the avalanche never stops no it's just gonna keep bro yeah i, I we could go into a whole yeah, other we thing can, here but we we're gonna really have another 45 minutes we're gonna that. wrap it up here I'm, maybe we can do it again sometime get into that the i, I call it the all-star game of uh of fighting like demons it's like a bunch <laughs> yeah. of, dude i don't even i don't want to get <laughs> yeah. it anymore we're gonna end it off here hey that was a fire episode i appreciate you coming on yeah, after the after the wait <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it worked out it all worked out it was like out. a good month hey it's gonna drop exactly when i wanted to so that's, that's all that good. matters but hey i forgot also forgot to shout out the merch we we really rolled right into it right out the yeah, gate yeah we actually did but hey new merch if it's not available now that means i've been slacking so it's probably available by the time this drops so go cop. I'm trying to sell 200 pieces. If we sell 200 pieces, it's going to be looking real good for the future of this podcast. Get some new mics. Don't have to use the old Eddie Yeti anymore. Because, yeah, that this it gets better than this, guys, I promise. But, <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all watching. Catch you guys in episode 9 featuring Kellen Overstreet. He's coming back on for the second time. But, hey, love y'all. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>